in the whole time I was loving it because I'm like, I'm making this work. Dude, I like I pulled it all together and I made four grand a month, which was what my monthly burn was. And I was like, dude, I'm on my time right now. I'm doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it started stacking. But no, it wasn't glamorous. I didn't come out the gate. Like, here's my six figures in six weeks. Yeah. It wasn't, no. There's no rags the riches story that quick. This is the Full Stack Sales Pro. What up, Full Stack crew? Um, I am just so excited. I hope wherever you're listening to this podcast at, if you're watching it, if you're listening, I don't care where you're at. Obviously, if you're uh, listening to it and you're driving, you know, don't take notes. But this is going to be one. I just feel like it's going to be one of those moments in this episode because, well, I'm very like, I'm probably, I mean, I'm one of his only fans on OnlyFans of Cody Jefferson <laughs> and I'm his only fan on it, but I'm definitely a fan on it, but I just absolutely love this human being. I think he brings such a perspective that most people have never even walked through or lived through. And I'm excited about him telling his story and us just getting into it. Um, uh, he's also just an extreme dear friend and becoming, uh, you know, uh, kind of like a family member. And we're going to try to get our sons together so that they can just wrestle and <laughs> just have a blast. So anyways, I want to welcome you to the show, Mr. Cody, my man. How are you doing today? Listen, dude, I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you? Oh, come on now. How did I hit him in the head and they'll run with it? For those that don't know what just happened, don't worry. There'll be an interpretation yeah. later. Um, <laughs> uh, Cody, uh, give us a little bit of backstory because... We already know what we're talking about. So like we have this moment before most shows where we, we kind of chat and we talk before the yeah. show even gets going. But so I know we're, you know, what we're kind of is pressing on today's topic, but I want people to understand a little bit about your backstory because it's, it's one of the most amazing success stories I've seen written in a long time. You need a 30 for 30 for sure. So uh, why don't we start there? I mean, yeah, we can do that. Let's see how far back we want to go. So I am from a small town. <laughs> in Oklahoma, still live in Oklahoma. You can probably hear that from the way that I talk. Uh, it's kind of a force company. I like the way you talk. Um, yeah. So from a small town in Oklahoma, uh, was raised by a single dad who worked really, really hard uh, to provide for us. I jumped into occupational ministry when I was 19 years old uh, by happenstance. A lot of people have this great calling story. Like for me, I just kind of looked the part, could play music well, had a knack for mm-hmm. speaking, and a pastor saw that in me and put me on a stage. And mm-hmm. over the next 13 years, I would go on to uh, develop a successful career in teaching uh, ministry, in uh, youth ministry, worship pastoring, executive pastoring, liturgical formation, all the things. You know, when you're in ministry, you kind of wear all the hats at once. And that yeah. is kind of uh, where where the problem came into play is, as we kind of talk about the journey of the story, I was overworking because my self-worth was tied to what I could do. And my job was God and God was my job. And I didn't know where the line in the sand was mm. to be drawn. So I was overworking, um, overcompensating for the fact that I didn't feel like I deserved to be on that stage or leading people uh, because of what my life had looked like growing up. Cause I didn't come from a two parent household. They didn't come from the nice, cool, big house. I lived in a single bedroom trailer and, um, you know, we, we rubbed two sticks together, um, to make things work. Yeah. And so in the midst of that, you know, I was, I was married and, uh, I was showing up for all the people except for the people that were most important to me. 
I was putting in 18 hour days because again, I couldn't differentiate uh, between what was appropriate and not appropriate because nobody had ever told me. They just expected me to continue to produce because when you set that level of expectation, people always hold you to it. Mm-hmm. And so in, uh, in 2015, went through a, I wouldn't say like super public divorce because I wasn't like a public figure or anything, but definitely went through a divorce. No weird moral failing, no really good scandal or anything else. I was just <laughs> married to the wrong woman and that was the church. And I sacrificed everything on the altar uh, of that success. And so over the next probably year, um, experienced a lot of trauma and tragedy. I lost eight family members and friends, the various suicides, overdoses, uh, very, very graphic, violent murders, and led me to going septic uh, at the end of 2016. And that was when everything kind of changed for me because over the course of those years as well, I had buried five uh, friends that were in ministry, different pastors. Uh, and I recognized, man, there's just something going on here. Like we're losing a lot of really great men to this overwhelm of needing to feel like we have to have everything together. We have one pocket of life that we seem really successful in, but everything else is going to hell. And uh, I didn't die in 2016. I was supposed to, went septic. Mm-hmm. And I recognized it was that point that, that no one was coming to save me, that I can continue to sacrifice on, on everything and everyone that I love for the sake of feeling important or worthy or justified or whatever, or I could take my life back. And so I asked myself the question, what needs to die in me to become the man that I said that I'd be? I had a one-year-old son at that time who's seven now, so that's what you talked about. He's my world. Yeah. People ask me, what do you do? I'm like, first and foremost, I'm a dad, period. Mm-hmm. Because I don't define myself as, as anything. I get to do a lot of cool things, but who I am I get to define. Mm-hmm. And so Embrace the Lion was born. And Embrace the Lion was born in, at the beginning of 2017 as I stepped out of occupational ministry, recognizing that I needed to say things that I couldn't say behind a pulpit. And there are ways in which I need to interact with people and reach people that, that, that couldn't quite happen inside the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. And so here we are today. So mm. you know, the whole tagline is helping good men become great. First and foremost, again, I'm a dad. Uh, I'm his coach in all things. I'm his biggest supporter. I'm the one who's always going to be in his corner. And uh, I get to walk with, you know, several thousand men on a weekly basis um, in a more intimate, you know, setting. I walk with CEOs, founders, and advise them uh, on the interpersonal side of their lives uh, as we walk towards the growth, scale, and exit of their companies. So we've been a part of quite a, quite a large number of exits. Um, I sit on the board and have equity in four separate companies on top of, of my coaching company. So. Yeah, it was, which is, I mean, just quite amazing. We can go ahead and just dive into it because coming from, you know, honestly, just the church world myself and understanding how much some, you know, just like when I hear people talk about like, oh, you know, I'm working too much or I'm overworked. I'm like, nah, you don't know what overworked is until you work in the church. Until you work in the church and you're putting in in a consistent 80 hours a week, like, you know what overworked is. Because it's one of those occupations where it's like, it never is off. I mean, you're never yeah. off. You know what I mean? And well, so, and, yeah. And I think that's the problem, dude, because like a lot of people who, even in your line of work, because we're talking sales, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not fair. There's a re- really interesting misnomer because of social media and because of marketing that would lead you to believe that you've five calls a week or 10 calls a week, let me work five hours here, five hours there from the beach, from the pool, from a laptop, work remote. Mm-hmm. Like that suddenly that's going to be the pace for 100K plus commission months. Yeah. 
Right. And so when we set the expectation, even like for myself, so if I set the expectation of like, hey, like we're putting in 40 hours a week, like that, that's that's what we're doing. I mean, that's the bar that we set. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a conversation of like, I'm trying to overwork you. This conversation mm-hmm. of like, do you believe in what we're doing? And if you do, like, let's run at this together. I'll reward you handsomely. Like there you will not have a more fun person to work alongside. Mm-hmm. But make no mistake, like, we're going to (laughs) work. Yeah, no. How did you go from, like, being literally overworked Mm -hmm. to, I mean, because I know what you do now and how, I mean, you have a lot of clients, a lot of businesses Mm -hmm. that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And for the the most part, I can maybe count on one hand the amount of times I've seen you miss something from Stetson. And it would be a rare, rare, rare case of something. Mm -hmm. How did you go from being overworked to being extremely successful and not being overworked because you still are working. Yeah. So, so one, I don't tie my value to what I do, right? That was a mistake I made in ministry. Mm-hmm. Two, I focus on leading and I focus on hiring the right people so that I don't, I don't have founder syndrome. I have to do all the things because I think I'll, I do all the things best. Mm-hmm. So I hire the right people. And I prioritize my time effectively. So that meant I'm responsible for my time. Nobody else, nobody is over me. Like I'm responsible for me. Nobody's telling me what to do. So that means that I have to look to those that I admire or those that I see are running organizations effectively and still create space and time and bandwidth. And I look at what they're doing. It's like, how, how are they? And it's not managing time. Cause time's going to go whether you manage it or not. It's how do they prioritize? How do they create buckets? Like what are they doing in a time block fashion that allows them to maximize their efficiency? So my schedule is, is very, very rigid mm-hmm. when I'm working. And what does that look like real quick? Because sure. I hear people say like, oh, I was here from like, you know, eight to 5 PM or eight to 6 PM. Yeah. And then so they don't have, they don't have anything to show for it. They have. So a lot of what I work on with clients, especially I mean, I work with men, it's just because you're, in the office stressed doesn't mean that you're effective. In fact, I would mm-hmm. have you consider it means you're less effective because I can get done in two hours what it takes you eight hours to do, not because I'm better than you, I'm just more organized. So every day at the end of the day, I map out exactly what needs to happen the next day, right? And I start my day at 4.30 a.m. You don't have to, I'm not saying that's a golden hour. I just like mornings. That's yeah. like, there's no like weird hack or miracle morning thing. It's not, I don't, you know, I don't, take ice baths at 4.30. I don't do any of that stuff. Like <laughs> I just wake up and I st- like, that's what I like. So mm-hmm. my grandfather was early to rise. My dad was early to rise. It's, you know, true to form. My son is early to rise. We just like mornings. Yep. So I wake up, obviously I make a cup of coffee. This is again, nothing, nothing too crazy here. Um, and I'll, I'll look over my day and I'll focus on three things. I'll get three things done whether that's emails that need to go out, whether that's copy that needs to be written, whether that's something I need to get over my team or I need to check if there's like some sort of fire happened overnight and I need to put something out, right? Like I, I make sure that everything's copacetic. I get, you know, a couple, you know, big things off the plate that need to happen in order for my, night, my day to run smoothly, then I go to the gym or I work out outside. Like, so if it's, so I'm week on week off with my son. So the weeks that I have him, which is like this week, he's in the other room right now, I work out outside in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So, I train in the mornings. I also train in the afternoons. Um, it's not because I'm 75 hard or anything else. I think that's awesome. I've just been an athlete my whole life. We just call it two a days. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a way that I decompress when I'm done with my work day. It's a transition time for me. 
So after I, I get a couple things done in the business, after I work out, um, Stetson is up by then. He is usually outside working out with me because again, yeah. like kids are, they're, they're caught more than they're taught, right? So he's mm-hmm. going to, he just, he's going to follow what I do. We make breakfast every morning together. We sit, we go over our day. We look at what we have planned right after this. Stetson and I are going and we're getting stretched. Then we're doing cryotherapy and then we're probably going to main event and bowling. So I don't take anything after 3 p.m. That's a rule for me. Why? Because Stetson gets out of school at four. It's summer right now, but it doesn't matter. When, when he gets out of school, I'm there to pick him up. Um, I'll pick him up for his mom a lot because they have three other kids. We're all really great friends. You, you know that co-parenting is a mm-hmm. big thing for us. Uh, so during the day, I'm focused on in-business tasks and on-business tasks. Everything is blocked out every 60 minutes. And within those 60 minutes, obviously we have four quarters. So we have 15 minute segments. My one-to-one calls are usually 45 minutes with a 15 minute break to then jump into the next. My admin tasks are 30 minutes with five minute breaks and then 30 minutes after that. So Mm -hmm. everything is laid out, everything is mapped out. I have every Monday, I have team huddles. So I meet with every single one of my teams on Monday, communicate what we're looking for, what our KPI is, how we did this week, how we did last week. Are we on track for month? Are we on track for quarter? Are we on track for year end? So when you know what you're moving toward, when you know what your yearly goals are, when you know how to break that down into quarterly goals, when you know how to break that into monthly, monthly benchmarks, weekly objectives, daily tasks, it becomes very, very simple. It's not easy because it takes a, a lot of preparation, but it's very right. simple to know exactly what you need to do every day based on the metrics that are in front of you. Yeah. It's not an emotional conversation. It's not a conversation of I'm probably the least stressed person you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. I'm not overworked. I work usually from, again, four th- I'll break it to have breakfast. I will break it for lunch. And then I'm done by three. I do not work in the evenings. I do not work on the weekends. How is it with some of your clients who might be in a sales role where they are being, well, I'm going to reframe my question. Is it different for for producer roles? Can this apply? What you just said, (laughs) a lot of people I could see, let's just say this. Let's, let's, let's try to play devil's advocate, you know, You know, well, I'm not an owner, Cody. I don't own my own business. I have to show up for a job. I'm in sales professional and I'm on commission only and I have to have X amount of deals or I'm, you know, maybe you're salary only and I have to do X amount of deals. How does it work that way for that? Well, one, I wouldn't jump into a position that I didn't have control over my time in. Right. So. If I set the boundary that my son has things going on here, or I'm going to spend time with him here, that's going to be a non-negotiable for me. If that doesn't work for you in the role and position you're in, you need to find a new role or position. And people mm-hmm. will say, well, that's easy for you to say. Did you start your own company? Have you done that? Have you started mm-hmm. from less than zero to build something from nothing? Have you lost it before? Get out of here with telling me it's easy for me. Mm-hmm. I'll shut you down so fast. Mm-hmm. The difference is I set boundaries from the get-go because I didn't in the beginning and I missed my son's first steps. Mm-hmm. I won't do that again. Right. So we have to set the boundaries. Remember, like with family and everything else, with prioritization, like it's not always about quantity. Like my son doesn't need all the time in the world with me. He just needs quality time with me. He needs the time that I am with him to be very focused on him right. and not checking my phone, not, okay, buddy, but like somebody's calling me back. I got the sales call I got to take. Have some boundaries for yourself. And I have to do that. Because one, it's who I am. But two, 
I have to show my clients that I actually practice what I preach. If I tell them to set, ba- set boundaries, then I break my own. But what's that? What's it matter? Right. So how can this work for somebody that's in a sales role? I get it. I, I've got buddies who sell cars, right? Mm-hmm. So they got to be on the lot until eight o'clock, nine o'clock, right? right? Uh, because they got to meet quota. I understand that, but I'll talk to these guys. I'm like, cool. Like, what's your list? Like, what have you been like? What have you been calling your list? Um, have you been calling your leads? Have you been following up? Are you taking? Are you running any ads for yourself? Are you marketing yourself in any way so that people outside of people that just walk onto a dealership will even know where you're at? Mm-hmm. Do you know what the average buy cycle is for your customer based on the trends that you see in wherever you're working? And are you are you following up with people that bought a car two years ago? Because isn't it about two, two and a half years, somebody's going to be looking for a new vehicle? Are you following up with them, letting them know the specials that you have? No, I haven't thought about doing any of that. Well, what are you, you're just standing on a lot and wishing isn't going to get the job done. Right. So there are ways in which we can go about creating the success that we want if we'll do the work. People want, like, people want things handed to them. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants an inbound job. Like, just give me the qualified leads on a daily basis and I can close them. Okay, cool. But what happens when you need to go manufacture those leads and go create those leads? That's a different conversation. What happens when I'm telling you, I want this to, I want X amount of sales. I just need you to get the job done. Are you going to go and are you going to make those cold calls? Are you going to follow up? Are you going to nurture prospects? What is the, what is the bicycle? What is the nurture cycle? Like, do you know all of these numbers? Do you, I mean, do we know our close rate? How many, how many leads do you need? Right? There's so much that I think a lot of people in sales don't take into consideration yeah. when they get into, I've just got to be good on the phone. I've just got to be good in front of people. It's a whole lot more than that. And it will create less stress, the more organized you are towards whatever goals and metrics you set. Yeah. I, I have been saying this lately and I'm, I'm not, I don't want it to come across negative, but Sometimes truth can seem that way, but I, I truly believe that the modern day sales professional has gotten lazy. Just pure. I mean, to the modern day, insert anything. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. At this point, insert anything. Cause they just, yeah. they just lazy. Because when I look at, I sat next to a guy yesterday, I was coming home from New York, sit next to this guy. This dude does, I don't know, well over 500 plus thousand dollars in, 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 in sales, you know, a year and he's yeah. loving it, works for, uh, Amazon. And just, I mean, he had wisdom for days, but he's yeah. been in it from the gate. He didn't have mm-hmm. a degree. He didn't have all of these other things. He just got into sales because he had that extrovert. Just, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. And so I was telling him a little about what we do here at sales mentor, um, yeah. creating a full stack sales pro is just simply like having somebody who knows how to be a BDR and SDR and AE and a marketer all wrapped up into one mm-hmm. and having control. And he was like, you're teaching that? He's like, are you teaching it like it's new? I'm like, no, it's not new, but to most people, it, it is very new. He's like, what sure. do they expect? And I'm like, well, they expect to just have someone put sets on their calendar and they just set them up and knock them down type of a thing. And he was like, that's not sales. I was like, no, I know. Yeah, it's, right. it's not at all. That's just, like, it's, that's just closing. But yeah. I mean, at that, it's like, hell, we could make any monkey could take a freaking you know credit card. Yeah, like that's exactly. that's not what we need. But to truly be what I call a full stack sales pro, somebody who is top to bottom, honestly, mm-hmm. just embodies what I see you do every day. Mm-hmm. That ability to say, I'm going to have my day so locked in and so um, structured 
because mm-hmm. that is where success and productivity actually comes from. It's like with musicians, because you, you're, you're, you're still a musician. Right? This is where this comes from. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. all I'm doing is playing to a click. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. all no. I'm doing. And, and, and the thing is, when I've got the click in my ear, now I have all the freedom in the world because I know when I'm off and when I'm on. Dude. I've never understood why. Okay, we're about to go rabbit trail. I've never understood why musicians get pissed about a metronome. And in my mind, I'm like, it's a parameter that allows you to have freedom. Mm-hmm. Setting your schedule for the day, for the day, for the week, for having KPIs, OKRs, all of that crap. That is not meant to box you in. If anything, no. it's meant to amplify your freedom and give you the the ability you know exactly to chase after what you, what you want. So now yes. I can be creative. Now I can flow because I know exactly what I need to do. I know exactly when I'm doing it. You know, you, what is it saying? Like, you'll take as much time as you give yourself to complete a project, right? Yeah. yeah. And so if I give myself 30 minutes, I got 30 minutes and I'll get it done. Mm-hmm. And also, like, again, I have a team that helps me. I've got staff that help me with a lot of different things. But when it comes down to what I do and what I produce and how I produce and the leadership roles that I take on, like, I have to be laser focused there there can't be any deviation which means that the tighter my schedule is locked in the more freedom i have because i know exactly what's coming i don't have to think about things at the end of the day when i close my book and i say it is finished like i know i don't have to take that into time with my son time yeah. with my significant other time with my family time with my friends time at the gym time playing guitars back in. i don't have to take it into anything yeah. because i know I've done everything I said that I would do. I don't need to do any more than that. I don't need to do any less than that because this gets me to where I want to go because I have a clear vision, which is also clearly mapped out. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I just, I, I love it. This is I why, at- listen, this is why so many, <laughs> I just like, this is no, why go. so many improv musicians yeah. can't hang in a band. They can't lock it in. Yeah. You don't have the discipline. Yeah, dude, I don't, oh, dude, I don't do charge. I just feel it. Oh, okay. Well, then you're not getting on the stage with me. Mm-hmm. You're not locked in. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it, it's. I don't know. It's. I don't know what you're gonna do. Yeah, it's too chaotic. The yeah. same is true in business. If you can't follow this chart, like if you can't follow this SOP, which is our number chart. What do you not? No, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna flow with it. Like mm-hmm. I got this process on sales. I just flow with it. No, that's cool. That's cool. We have an SOP. Mm-hmm. We've got a chart. I yeah. know here you, I know here you want to go to a three, but we're going to a six minor right here. So no, no, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, <laughs> they, it's, it's like, it's even like when I look at my, my best time that I have when I was just, you know, on the phones more, right. And I was closing. Mm-hmm. I was gone every day at 3 p.m. Yeah. And and so like even now, like if I have people and they're like, well, I want to be gone. I want to have this life of work remote freedom. I'm like, yeah, but you're not willing to pay the cost of what it takes to achieve that result. At the beginning, I didn't leave at 3 p.m. At the beginning, I was working till 7, 8. Why? Because I had a clear understanding what I lacked in ability and skill set, I had to make up for in numbers until the moment where the skill set and the ability surpassed that. And then my productivity, I got basically my, my hourly rate went up. That's the easiest way to say it. My hourly rate went up. 
so let, let's let's jam on this for a second, okay? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people in sales, and I and listen, I just know this because one, I've been in sales for so long. Yeah. <laughs> think, even think about ministry, bro. We're selling Jesus. Like, oh, people God. say, how'd you get so good at sales? I'm like, for ten years, I sold not having sex to teenagers. Like, I can sell you anything. <laughs> yeah. I can, if I can sell a teenager anything. to stay up out the bed. I can sell you anything. <laughs> right? so, so, I mean, I, I digress, but you know, when, when I was coming up in ministry and learning how to uh, put a message together, they went long, man. They went so, because you'd rabbit trail, you'd get off, like your points wouldn't connect. And so you'd create different stories to try and make them connect. Then you'd walk with your notes. So you'd forget what you were saying. And you've been in those, like you've been and you're like, dude, like this was supposed to be a 30 minute message. We're going on an hour right now. The mm-hmm. same happens in sales calls. When you are not structured in your sales call and you let a role reversal happen, you let them can take, take control. You get off on telling stories and you're trying to connect in all this way and trying to make all this report. I understand what you're trying to do, but you're literally lowering your hourly rate because you're taking too long to get to the finish line. Sales calls for me now, genuine, no longer than 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. No longer than, it's usually 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Because like, if we're coming into this, you've already been pre-qualified to talk to me and I just need to know X, Y, Z. I need to know if I'm the guy that can help you. I need to get a vibe for who you are. And if you are a blamer or an owner, like I need to get a few things out of the way. We need to set some frameworks. And if I believe I can help you, I will make you the offer. This isn't you interviewing me to see if I'm right. Like, no, this is me saying if it's a good fit for you, if it is, I'll offer you an opportunity. And if I offer you an, op- offer you an opportunity, you should say yes. Mm-hmm. So it's a different, it's a different kind of proposition. But imagine if people took like sales professionals, no matter what job you're in. And I, I know this because of the guy that I talked to last night, he don't own Amazon, right? But he treats it as if his role is the job and as he yeah. is the business. And I'm like, imagine That's if it. they would just take that and say, you know, like where you say, hey, they're pre-qualified. Well, great. What does that actually look like? Because if you are doing the engagement, if you are out there and you are creating your own buzz, your own branding, you are owning Ink You, right? You could literally do anything at that point. So when they hop on the phone, it's almost like, no, if I offer to you, then this is at 100%. You should say yes. Right. And people are saying different, like, modalities of sales, selling different products over software. Like, I can't do that. Like, not that I can't build a brand around that. Mm-hmm. Oh, one, I, I help people do that every single day. When you educate your potential client and customer, you nurture them through your content. I don't care who you work for. Now, now you're agile. You can go work for anyone in that vertical selling and you have the same no like, and trust factor because you've been educating and nurturing all of these people the whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole time you run the game. I'm only yep. going to this person because they've taught me X, Y, Z about the auto industry, about the home industry, about coaching, about water filtration, yeah. about roofing, about construction, about putting a pool in. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. People yeah, buy I, from people they trust. And, and, and what are you doing in your life? What does your life exemplify that they should trust you right what is it about your you know i I, i'm we have a we have a student right now and obviously i won't say it anything like that but i looked at their profile the other day and they're like i haven't gotten a job i'm like your freaking facebook profile looks as if 
like you, you're screaming, don't hire me, don't hire me. And it, and, oh, and it is what it is like social media. Yeah. It's this powerful tool, mm-hmm. but that powerful tool has a wonderful double-edged sword where if you don't play by the parameters that are set in the business world and how you yeah. leverage social media, it is going to hurt you. You want yeah. something where you're out there with, you know, animals and whatever and then you you know comic-con whatever i don't care i don't care i don't care i'm not here to judge i'm not here to talk about any of that but you better make a freaking you know separate private profile that is not connected so that the one that people see and that they can connect to and trust in and and feel a part of yeah that one better be on point well that's your business card i mean that is the modern day business card I can't tell you like the number, I mean, especially here where I'm from, uh, there's not really anybody that does what I do at the level that I do with kind of the exposure that I have. So right. like my stuff's kind of everywhere. I mean, I'm in Oklahoma, so it's, you know, I mean, like it's a, it's a small name, right. yeah. but uh, I can't go anywhere. Like you're the guy with the sun and, and you're always doing stuff and you're everywhere. <laughs> like, cool. Like people, people don't know me as, oh, you're the guy who does the business stuff with so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Right? No. They know me as, oh man, you're you're that you're that dad. Mm-hmm. You're that dad who like literally travels everywhere, but you never miss your kids' stuff. And he's always with you. Like I and, and I, I follow you because like my 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 kid's mom and I were trying to co-parent well and we follow you and 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 his mom and we follow you both and we kind of watch how you guys do it. But why is that important? Well, you got to remember who I'm marketing to. I'm marketing to people who've already solved the money conversation. Right. So I'm marketing to people who want what I have, which I already have success monetarily. Like it leaves clues. It's kind of everywhere. Right. Like I'm not overtly flashed about anything because there's people who make a whole Except lot of that time money. piece. Except for that time piece right there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, You're like, I you leave, I leave clues everywhere. I mean, it's no. wherever those clues are at. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's all yeah. relative. You'll get yeah, humbled really, really quick. And so for me, let's talk about what you actually want. And mm-hmm. so every day I'm sharing about my journey in uncovering like deeper fulfillment and peace and what it means to be a dad, what it means to be a founder, what it means to be a CEO, what it means to travel the country as a speaker without losing your sense of identity, without losing obviously your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health in the process. Yeah. And so recognizing who it is that you're marketing to and recognizing who you're trying to sell to is important because then you can tailor everything that you put out and people will say, well, I mean, is it authentic? Yeah. You can still be authentic and gauge that towards what it is that you do or who you're trying to reach. Yeah. It can mm-hmm. absolutely be authentic. It is but funny it also, that the it requires, amount- it requires intentionality. Yeah. And the amount of things that people actually don't post and they're like, oh, man, I'm just trying to be authentic. I'm like, okay, then why aren't you posting that? Why aren't you posting yeah. about that? And you're like, you're like, well, I couldn't post that. I was like, well, then right. you're not being authentic, are you? And it's like, right. no, let's really talk about, let's maybe we should redefine what being authentic is or being transparent is. Because you could be 100% transparent and not say everything, right? Well, yeah, because you got to be careful, right? Like you want to share scars, not wounds. You want to share from a place of empowerment, not victimization. Everybody loves the train that comes back smoking. It's been to hell and back, right? Everybody's going to talk about how strong it is. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants to hear about that story about when it was in hell and what it experienced. Mm -hmm. But ain't nobody jumping on that train when it's in flames. No. They'll talk about it. They'll Mm -hmm. stare at it. 
they'll tell the train, oh, we're really sorry. We're so sorry. We're praying for you. You're in flames. We're praying for you. They're, they're making assumptions about why that train's on fire. Meanwhile, saying, I'll, I will never get on board that because I don't want to be in flames. I don't want to be associated with that. So be very careful about what we share and how we share it. Right. Yeah. I, it is vulnerable, but it's a calculated vulnerability. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It is. Also, people are very quick to look at a success story and be like, oh, yeah, you know, so and so did this and so and so did that and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't pay the cost that it got to get to that success story. But that's so, and, but, but I think that's the hard part about any of this is, you know, and it's true everywhere, but it's, it's specifically. Uh, and prominently true in the online marketing space, whether that be coaching or sales, because sales right now online, especially for high ticket products, like is equally as sexy from a marketing perspective as as coaching or consulting or anything yeah. else. And the problem is we start to romanticize someone else's life when we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And we start to we start to stack success and quantify it against maybe what a perception of success is that is quantitative to what this person has, which is, is a really unfair um, proposition because you don't, you don't know what it took to get there and you don't actually know what you want. So a far more meaningful um, ex uh, experience and, and process that I think anyone that's listening to this could go through right now. Because people ask me like, why I do, like how I get all these things done and how I'm, I am able to create space and I'm not stressed and, you know, look younger than 40 and all these other things. <laughs> this is, this is who I am. So this is what I do. This is who I am. So mm -hmm. as a result, this is what I do. So it's very easy for me to say, that's not who I am. So that's not what I do. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for me to, I say no to more than I say yes, but that's only because I know who I am. So if you're listening to this or you're watching this, I'd have you consider maybe taking a day or two and answering the question of who am I? Who am I? Mm -hmm. and, and, and as a result of what I'm doing on a daily basis, is it confirming who I say I am and who I say I'm becoming? Right? Because that either is or it isn't. Like people tell me all the time, like, well, here's what I believe. I'm like, I, I understand what you believe, but show me your schedule. Show me what you do with your time. And I'll show you what you actually believe. Mm -hmm. I'll show you how hard you're actually working. I'll show you how much you value the family that you post pretty perfect pictures of on social media. <laughs> like I'll, I'll, I'll show, like I'll show you what you actually value and believe about yourself to be true. So mm -hmm. who am I? Define your core values. What do I want? Listen, you can't say, I want to find my purpose. I want to like, th that's not, it's not a destination. That's just the process. The process mm -hmm. is living it out every single day. You're here. That's your purpose, period. There you go. You don't need mm -hmm. to buy any books on it. Yeah. yeah that's it. You're just be you. Just like, yeah. this is who I am. This is what I do. So you have to yeah. define who you are. That's your purpose. Define who you are. That's it, period. And live it out. And live it out unapologetically. So simple. Live it out. Live it out to the best of your God-given ability, period. Mm -hmm. Again, you can take me out of the pulpit, but you can't take the pastor out of me. So mm -hmm. who am I? What do I actually want? What's a success look like for you? We talk about this all the time. You guys have like a morning formula you run through. You guys got a lot of cool things that you do. But like, what does success actually look like for you? For me, the reason I'm so stressed less 
is because I know exactly what I want. I know exactly the financial resources that it takes to get there. I know the track that I'm on. I know how to get there. I know what it takes and I'm on it, period, mm -hmm. period. I know where every dollar goes. I know every dollar coming in. I know projections on what we will do six months from now if trends continue to track the way that they are based on new product releases, based on new offerings, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Who are you? What do you want? What's it going to take to get there? Who do you have to become? Because if you can define those, then the whole process of sales is confirming an identity that you already know to be true. I believe in this product, service, or offer. This is who I am, so this is what I do. Period. Yeah. I think if like people could just sit with that, watch it back, listen back, write that down. And I have my own team go through something similar, just different verbiage. But th the point of what you just said would free people up to a degree and release them from so many unrealistic, unmanaged expectations and thought processes to where then when they go to say, how do I want today, tomorrow, the next week, the next year's, whatever, look. They're now not answering that question through all of these filters, all of these yeah. distortions of what yeah. they think, this this counterfeit reality they keep living their life through and they're wondering why they're not getting there. Or I, I showed up for work and I did these things, but it's I'm not getting the result. Oh, it must be the place where I'm at. And it's like, no, I, I don't think maybe you actually know what you really want because everything shouts out with what you don't want. Right. You're really well, good at telling me what you don't want. Sure. And that's a, And sometimes that's a place where you got to start. Sometimes you don't know where, what you do want, but you know what you don't want. That's where I started. But Josh, you can't stay owned, there. You can't no, stay there. No, my, my dad owns a business. Has my, 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 most of my life. Before that, he was a store manager. And he works from 6 a.m. Doesn't really wrap up till about 9 or 10. Seven days a week. He's over 65 now, still doing it. I was just at his feed store yesterday with Stetson. And I love, I love my dad. Mm -hmm. Always stressed. Never enough money. We're on the verge of closing. No, you're not. No, you're not. Never, couldn't really make anything because he's working all the time. Mm -hmm. But it was for us, right? Like, you got to understand, this is for you. This is for you. I'm doing all this for you. Yeah, but I don't, we don't really have anything anyway. Because we didn't grow up. We didn't really have anything. We grew up pretty poor. Uh, or lower middle class. All I wanted was more time with my dad. I just wanted him to show up at a game. You know, I did, I did really well in school. I pushed mm -hmm. myself really, really hard. And I thought, like, every time I pushed myself, I'm like, hey, he's going to show up now. This is the one. Got in ministry. Built big movements. Did a lot of things. Let's show up. This is going to be it. So when I started my company, this is who I am, so this is what I do. So much of what we do, we learn. Business has to be hard. Business is a grind. Yeah. 
Businesses, there's never enough money. Businesses, you have to work outwork everyone else. Businesses, you're the ones that turn the lights on and turn the lights off. Businesses, if it takes seven days, it takes seven days. Businesses, your family needs to understand this is all for them. Those are stories that were useful to me. Mm -hmm. I did that and it almost killed me. Like it literally almost killed me. Mm -hmm. And so now the stories my son know are stories I didn't even know existed as a kid. My son travels with me when I speak, right? Right now he's reading Wealth Mindset by Neville Goddard. Mm-hmm. This kid is brilliant, but he's loved. And I show up for him every single day because the most important thing for me is to be a dad. And so I built a business around the identity of who I say I am. This is mm-hmm. who I am, this is what I do. This is what success looks like to me. Yes, it is monetary because the world, like you can't, yeah. money can't buy happiness. Well, being broke don't buy anything. Yeah, And money does buy happiness if you're generous. 100% can. You just don't make enough of it yet. You're still scarce. Mm-hmm. And money buys time. Money buys, money allows for employees and staff so that I can be present for my son anytime I need. There is not a single day where I can't stop what I'm doing and go if he needs me. Never. Mm-hmm. Why? Who am I? I'm Stetson's dad. So this is what I do. Mm-hmm. There will never be a time where he hears from me, buddy, I'll, listen, something to work came up. Listen, I want to, but work came up. And I get people will say like, well, that's easy for you. It's not any easier for me. I'm responsible for all of this. I don't have somebody paying my checks on a monthly mm-hmm. basis when I can show up and half-ass it. I don't got that luxury. Mm-hmm. I'll make too much. I didn't get you a little stimulus check. <laughs> I don't get all that. Yep. I got to make my way. And I'm proud to do it. I'm happy to do it. I'm humbled to do it. I'm grateful to do it. People ask me what keeps me going. I'm alive, man. Mm-hmm. People would understand the gift they have in front of them that they're alive and they, they have the ability to do and be whoever and build whatever they want in front of them. I'm just here trying to show my son what's possible. That's it. Mm-hmm. Because I had my dad showed me what life could like and, and could look like. And I appreciate it so much because I now value hard work and work e- ethic. Mm-hmm. And I used to I used to be feel so guilty when I'd make money because I, I was making more money than I knew my dad made. But I don't work as hard as him. Not in physical, like not he's lugging right, feed right. bags around while he goes to feed store. Mm-hmm. I don't work that hard. I felt guilty. Who am I? You got to rewrite stories in your brain. You got to re- rewrite stories about what you think is possible and what you think it takes. And the yeah. more you get clear on who you are and who you called to become, the more you start to put that pen into action steps daily and, and create a schedule and a calendar that align with that vision, you'll find yourself less stressed, less taxed, less overworked, more focused, more alive, more on fire, more ambitious because you're clear. And now it's not, I'm selling something. Now it's, I'm offering an opportunity mm-hmm. and I get to help people. It's a different conversation. Yeah. Massively. And the, and the time that it takes to get to where you're at right now might not be in one week, might not be in, you know, cause you didn't get to where you're at in one year. You got to where you're at <laughs> through a series of days, yeah. staying consistent in and out. Sometimes, you probably had to work 
longer than you wanted to, or you didn't, Bro, your hourly rate wasn't. Hold up here. Hold up. Dude, when I started, mm -hmm. because, you know, I could do a lot of things. I was building websites for businesses. I was doing graphic design on the side. I was flipping Harleys because I'm a licensed mechanic. So I was buying Harleys that weren't working. I'm a licensed borrower 20 years. So I was cutting heads for 20 bucks out of the front room of my house because I didn't have a 401k anymore. I didn't have a 403b. I didn't have a salary, but I had child support. I had a mortgage. I had a car payment. I had to pay for my own insurance. Now I had everything else I needed to pay for. Make no mistake. Like I hustled to make it work, mm -hmm. but I did all of those things, man. I like, we're talking sleepless nights but it didn't cost me my time with my son mm -hmm. in the whole time. I was loving it because I'm like, I'm making this work, dude. I like, I pulled it all together and I made four grand a month, which was what my monthly burn was. And I was like, dude, I'm on my time right now. I'm doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it started stacking, but no, it wasn't glamorous. I didn't come out the gate. Like here's my six figures in six weeks. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. No, there's no rags. The richest story that quick. Yeah. Unless, you know, you got into doge early, but like, yeah, that wasn't my out. story. That wasn't my but story. That's where like, I'm, I like, I want people to walk away even just, you know, in life, but definitely from this episode of understanding, like it is 100% possible to be in a season of push grind, whatever that yeah. means, where you're like, you're learning a new skill set. Maybe you're just getting into sales. Maybe you're just getting into something and you're learning that new skill set and it's going to require more out of you at the beginning then it 100%. will down the line. That is okay. But it is possible to do that and still 100% be the, the, uh, whatever it is in our case for us, we, we, it's, it's being the father and, 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 and being the husband for me and what I'm wanting to do. It's like, I want to show up for my bride and for my two children this sure. way. It, but even right now, I'm in a new aspect of this business that is very new. We're trying new things. We're doing things. And it is requiring more out of me. And I had to have that conversation with, you know, with my bride, with Allie. And I was like, yo, this is a push season all of a sudden. And she's like, yeah. okay, what does that look like? And we yeah. planned out what yeah. the push season looks like. And then we were like, okay, great. Now, where do we place in moments? Because we learned something a long time ago when we first had kids, which was... Um, and, and we stand by it because it's been amazing for us. Stop spending time with your kids and start making moments with them. When we got taught that, it changed yeah. the game of how we thought because I used to think my, my kids need more time with me. They need more time with me. They don't need more time because they don't have a concept of time. What they need no. is me 100% there when I am That's there. That's it. That's it. That's it. And, and it right. it's not, the game. Again, it's not as much... It's not about... The quantity, it's the quality. It's not. 100%. People think the most important metric is money, but it's memories. Mm -hmm. It is. It, it will always be memories. Even mm -hmm. when we were leaving New York, I was asking my son, I was like, hey, because I'll ask him straight up, you know, and because my daughter, she just thinks no matter what I do, she'll be like, oh, he's the best dad ever. And, you know, she mm -hmm. just, I get no true positive feedback from her. My son, I'll be like, hey, how was dad this trip? How, how were the memories that we made? What, do you, did you feel that dad was 100% present? He said, yes, it was way better than it's ever been on any of our trips before. I was like, how so? He goes, he goes, you weren't on your phone as much looking for stuff. He's like, the only time I saw you on your phone is when we needed to know what train to take or what restaurant we were eating at. And I was like, done. I was like, so do you feel, and I'll ask him, I'm like, 
are you feeling like dad was able to be present with you? He's like, yes. And then he'll list off not the time that we spent. Because mind you, day one, I got 25,000 steps in in freaking Central Park throughout New York. God, hello. Don't ever do those in Yeezys. Big mistake. Learned my lesson. 25,000 steps. We were there six hours. Not once did he talk about the time that we were there. He mentioned the two different rocks that we jumped off of and climbed up and how crazy that was. The two different parks, the carousel inside of it, because they have like different playgrounds all throughout. Um, The restaurant that we went to, trying a hot dog on the street. He's he's remembering the moment. And Mm -hmm. I want people to understand that is what they will take away. Now, will it take time? Yes, it will. There will be a time exchange that is happening. It's life. You know, we, you're, if you're awake, you're, you're waking up, right? It is morning. You go to sleep, it's night kind of a thing. So it's time. But that's not what he was. He wasn't thinking like, wow, dad, thanks for those six hours that you gave me of uninterrupted time. Right. It was just the memories. But, but you know, if you're listening to this and you are in the beginning stages or you haven't built that book yet or you're not getting all the deals yet. Yeah. Remember that all time can be made incredibly useful. So in those moments, you're like, well, I'm just waiting for calls to come in. Okay. Well, can you outbound prospect? Could that be a time block? Could a time block be reading or learning or listening, getting better at your craft? Mm-hmm. Calling up some of the can we role play? Can, 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 I, can I sell you real quick? Like, how can we, how can we maximize our efforts because, you know, Kohelet, the, the wisdom writer of Ecclesiastes, you know, says there's a season for everything, mm-hmm. right? And, and it, it goes through a myriad of different seasons, mourning and dancing with Dorsey. But what I'm saying is, I mean, think about like, I'm in Oklahoma. So, so there's, there's a lot of agriculture here and there's a season, there's a season where we, we have to turn soil, which is a preparation mm-hmm. season, right? There's a season where we plant seed. And then it has to nurture and it has to mature and then it starts to grow. And then we harvest, right? So you got to think about that as well. Right now you're planting seeds in future customers and clients. It's going to take a while to nurture and mature. And you won't see the fruit of that labor until that, until you start to understand what that, uh, you know, that, that maturity cycle looks like and that sales cycle looks like. You mm-hmm. won't know yet because you're just in the middle. So you can't, you can't get discouraged or quit because you're sowing seed right now because you can't yet see the fruit. Mm-hmm. And then there, after that, there's going to be a season of rest because you got to let the soil rest. So that's when your downside, you know, it's going to be six, eight, 12 months before this person may, nope, now it's time to nurture a new seed because we got something new that's going yeah. to help them. And so you have yeah. to look at this in cycles and in seasons, and you have to give yourself the patience of someone who's learning to master craft and learning to master the environment that they've been placed in. Like you got to test the soil. You got to see where the seed develops. You got to see how much water it needs. You're going to see how fast that crop grows. You got to pay attention to the seasons. You got to pay attention when it's time to rest. I can tell you that stressing yourself out, burning yourself out, going 100 miles an hour every single day, waving your hands around like you're busy, it's not productive, and it doesn't get you any farther. Getting emotionally connected to outcomes and emotionally equating your self-worth with how productive you are, how many sales you make, how much money you make. It's all a losing game because it'll never be enough. Yep. Focus on the basics. Focus on mastering the cycle. 
Focus on mastering the process of learning how to communicate effectively with people. Learn how to listen, but learn how to listen. You can hear someone and not listen to them. Mm-hmm. Learn how to listen. This is a skill I took for granted because I was a pastor for so long. You just learn how to listen well. You got to learn to what's un- you got to listen to what's underneath the surface. And we sell people what they want, but we give them what they need. Mm-hmm. And so, if you can give yourself, uh, it, it, this is just practice the art of patience and recognize that Rome wasn't built in the day. But your season of harvest is coming. I sound like a pastor of God. Bless. <laughs> You have to be patient, like you, and you you have to continue every day. People at like, yeah. dude, I'm just consistent. I'm just one of the most consistent people you'll meet. That's really it. That like, I might be a little bit more talented than some people, better looking than you know some people. Definitely not taller than most people. Um, <laughs> I got some things going for me, but I'm just consistent. Yeah, I don't go 100 percent at the gym every day. I'm about 70. percent Why? I'm not trying to injure myself. I'm not trying to get it to where I can't play with my kid or put him over my shoulder. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm only competing against me. So I'm going to stay consistent. I'm going to consistently get better every day. I'm going to be consistent in what I say that I'm going to do because it gets me to that end goal. Yep. I'm not going to try and beat you or him or her or anyone else. Cause I don't care. I'm in my own lane. Why? Because I know who I am mm-hmm. and I know how I define success and anyone listening, find those two. And find how to master that cycle. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to wrap it up only because me and you could probably easily go for another hour easily on this alone. But um, I want to maximize your time because I know what you have going on and just the listeners. So um, first of all, just a million thank yous and just gratitude for you as a man, uh, as an, as a, you know, as an example, as a father to not only to me, but to so many other people, but, um, and just thank you for your time. If, Anyone is listening right now, and obviously because you work primarily with men in that yeah. regard, um, yeah. and they are a male. Um, <laughs> um, I had a joke I was about to go to. I'm not going to go to it now. But yeah. and they yeah. are a, a a male, and they want to get in contact with you, so that way they can learn how to maximize. Let's say they're crushing right now in sales, and yeah. they're they're doing very well, but they want to learn how to maximize their schedule, their time, their energy. Um, how do they get in contact with you? How do they engage with you on all? Yeah, I mean, you can go to CodyJefferson.com. Okay. That's going to be the, I mean, that's, okay. that's fairly simple. You can also find me on every social media channel. Uh, Instagram is Cody underscore Jefferson. You can find me at Cody Jefferson on Facebook. Uh, I'm really not that active on LinkedIn, but you know, I'm there. You shoot me a message. I'm probably not going to respond to you, but so yeah. let's go Facebook, Instagram, or you can just, you know, you can fill out an application on the website and, and we can just, uh, we can just connect. Listen, man, woman, whoever you are, if if you have a story that you're looking to share or you're, you're trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B and you're just like, man, I could just use like a couple, like could just give me a couple steps. Just shoot me a voice memo. Like we check all of our message requests every day. We get quite a few. So it might take me a few days to get back to you, but I will respond to each and every one of you. Um, just put, just type full stack first mm-hmm. yeah. and then shoot your voice memo. And I promise you, I'll respond to you. Sweet. And, and I'm serious women, if you are listening right now, take them up on this because I mean, I wasn't trying to exclude you guys, but the, the, just the sheer wisdom that you will get yeah. in any level is, is 100% uh, worth it. So hit them up, do that. Dude, Cody, thank you so much, my man. Thanks, I, I just really appreciate it. 
grateful for you, excited. Um, it's time for you to get to Nashville and and yeah. and hang. We're coming. And, We're coming. Okay, because the, the room's ready. All you got to do Let's is go. just hop, okay. hop up and ride. So thank you for your time. Crew, as always, we're so grateful for you. Um, we, we as of now, we do not monetize this uh, podcast, mainly because we just want to give it to people. And, and so as of right now, we don't. The only thing we have ever asked and will ever ask to my understanding is simply this. If you get anything out of this, one nugget, two nuggets, a thousand nuggets, just share it. Share it to people. Send it. You know, obviously, it's great when you support us and you do the likes and the comments and the subscribes and all that. And we're grateful for that. But what we are more grateful for is that the revelation and the truth and the understanding about something gets spread because that is how people become better versions of themselves. It's just sometimes by simply knowing and being aware. So as always, thank you. If you can share this, that is the most powerful thing you can do for us. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys. Peace.